Good morning. Welcome to Faith Covenant Church. My name is Jeff. I'm one of the pastors here. And for those here gathering with us this morning, welcome. And for those out online, we uh, welcome you also. Uh, thank you for joining us. Just want to let you know, too, if you're out there online, that we are meeting, and we would love to have you here. And we got two quick ways you can do uh, sign up to register to come to a service, and that is through our website. Got a new link there. You can see all of our services up through August. You can register for those. It's a first-come, first-served basis right now up to 15. We're practicing social distancing, as maybe you can see in the video, uh, with masks and uh, distance between family groups. And so we just want to encourage you to do that. The second way to do that is also through our app. And so if you're interested in joining us live, I just want to encourage you to do that because it's amazing, is it right? It's amazing to be here singing together. Yes. <laughs> Praise God. And uh, it's just, there's something about gathering together in the presence of the Holy Spirit that is uh, powerful. Not that God can't move on your couch because I've sensed him move on my couch before, but <laughs> I think there's something even more for us at, uh, when we come together as a body of Christ to worship together. So we want to invite you a part of that. So will you guys join me in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a good and gracious God. We thank you that you are sovereign over everything, Lord, and that you are a great provider. So no matter what comes in our lives, that you are there with us. And so God, as we gather this morning to dive in your word, God, I pray that you would just open up our hearts and our minds to your truth and wisdom this morning, that um, you would just help it take root in our lives and bear fruit according to your will. And God, may the words from my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Well, we are in the middle of a sermon series called A Maze, where we're exploring the book of Psalms. Uh, the Psalms is a unique book. As I mentioned last week, Psalms is a very unique book compared to the rest of the books of the uh, Bible. It is a book of poetry, songs, and prayers gathered over a thousand years and collected and put into the form that we have uh, with us today. Uh, the Psalms are amazing. They're one of my favorite books in the Bible because they're so relatable. Uh, one of the reasons I love the Psalms is because the authors are so raw and real with their emotions. They don't shy away from their feelings or wants or their doubts. The authors are real people in real life worshiping a real God, kind of like us. <laughs> the Psalms help give us a better understanding of who God is and what it looks like to be in a relationship with him. They do this by using metaphors and similes to help paint us a vivid picture of those things. The Psalms are also a great mirror of the soul to us. They help us look inside our lives to see if we're drawing closer to God or to see if we're drawing away. The Psalms are also uh, minister to us. They help us in times of trouble, which I'm going to talk about today a lot. <laughs> Um, and often the Psalms of Lament are these um, Psalms that do this the most. As we pray through the Psalms of Lament, it moves us from our preoccupations of our circumstances and troubles to a patient hope in the future and a trust in the Lord. This morning we're going to be looking at one of my favorites. I get the privilege of preaching, so I get to preach on all my favorite Psalms before Kurt gets back. Woohoo! All right. <laughs> Taking full advantage. And one of my favorites is Psalm 46. Um, Psalm 46 is a particular place in my heart because of how it ministered to me during tough times. This is a really popular song. It's actually used in a lot of 
songs that we sing and even hymns like A Mighty Fortress is Our God. They say that Martin Luther used it as, its, uh, as his uh, inspiration to write, writing that hymn. And so today we're going to jump into Psalm 46 together and talk about some of the ways it can apply to our lives. So will you guys read Psalm 46 with me? It says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam, the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fail. God will help her at daybreak. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought upon the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow, shatters the spear, and burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. There's a lot that can be said about this passage of Scripture, but I want us to walk away with three things this morning that, I, uh, that will help us and kind of puts us in the right posture that I think the psalmist would like us to be in. A posture that steps out of fear and moves into trust. The psalmist sets the tone for this psalm um, by this first verse. It says, the God, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. And then later with the refrains from verses 7 and 11 where it states, The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And this is the first point that I want us to take away with. The Lord is with us. The Lord is with us despite our circumstances. See, the psalmist paints a picture of chaos where we see mountains falling into the sea and we're seeing governments and kingdoms fall before his eyes that is some serious chaos <laughs> when i think about mountains falling into the sea and for the jewish people mountains were of great significance they were a place of security a strategic place to be as an army, and also where they saw the Lord dwell. And the sea, the sea was a place of doubt, a, sea, a place of trouble where often calamities happen. And so to pick, put, paint that picture of mountains, security, being wet, swept away by pure chaos and trouble, that's a pretty vivid picture. And then the psalmist goes in to uh, verse 6, and he says, Nations are in uproar, and kingdoms fall. I think we can relate a lot to this psalm right now. Just look at social media and the news right now. No matter where you're at on the political spectrum, we live in a nation right now that is very divided. That's got a lot going on. And when I read this psalm, I go... Speaking right now, speaking of our current situation, we're in a place where 
we can step into fear, we can try to control what we can control, and we can step into fear, and a lot of leaders right now are using that fear on both sides to manipulate us. And this is not a political message, but I think this is, this is relevant. That's why I want to bring it up. It's relevant right now that we can all be swayed by the fear that's pu- uh, pushed at us from all political leaders, even church leaders, even other friends and family that are around. Fear can grip us easily. Why does fear grip us so easily? Because we're afraid of the chaos. That's legit. That is so true. We're scared of the chaos. And what will ensue? Because we get concerned about our lives, our family, our nation, our town. Those are all legit concerns. So it's easy to step into that fear, and it's easy to be manipulated by that fear. But as the psalmist says that, and just really interjects that God is with us and that God is going to see us through. And this is part of the posture that he wants us to have, this posture of trust. He wants us to step out of this fear and into a place of trust in the Lord. And so that we also see in the psalm, he paints a vivid picture of what the kingdom of God looks like, where there's a stream of water running through it, which is provision, and it will not fall and God will take care of her. And that's something worth rejoicing about. Knowing that our kingdom is not America, is not this world, but it's in the kingdom of God and God's kingdom will not fall. And we call ourselves Christians. We're, we belong to something higher than anything. And that is the kingdom of God. We belong to something higher than anything on this earth. And that is the kingdom of God. So we can look around the world right now and we can see a lot of chaos happening. We can see a lot of (laughs) division, but we can also look into our own lives and often see this just personally when our lives feel like chaos, where we feel like everything is falling apart, like the mountains in our lives are falling into the sea. The things that we hold on to for security are being stripped away from us. Our personal lives can feel like chaos. I know from my own experience that this has happened several times in my life. And one time in particular, I found myself desperate for God's interaction. Desperate for God's, um, to come in and sweep into my circumstance and correct it. I was praying that God, particularly that God would save it and not let this happen. And I was praying so hard. I was on my bed. I was crying. Calling out to God. I'm like, God, please do not let this happen. And it's one of the only times in my entire life, I have a few times, that I could say, I heard, I heard God. <laughs> my call to ministry, there was another traumatic time I feel like I heard God's call, like specifically, and this. And I knew it was his call because it's not what I wanted to hear. It was not what I was praying for. It was not the circumstances changing in my life the way I wanted to. God said this, I'm with you, and I will see you through this, no matter the outcome. I'm sitting there in my bed going, what? (laughs) No, I want you to change what I told you about, (laughs) what I was earnestly praying about. But he said, I will see you through this. I am with you. Just like the psalm reminds us. The Lord Almighty is with us, and he will see us through in times of chaos in our own personal lives and in times where the world around us is in chaos. We must move out of fear 
to trust in the Lord. The second thing that I think we need to walk away with is to remember what the Lord has done. This is part of how we move out of fear into trust in the Lord. See, in verse 8, the psalmist says, Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes the wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow, shatters the spear, and burns the shields with fire. The psalmist is inviting us in, inviting the reader or the listener to come and see what the Lord has done. See, look, look at the marvelous things that God has done. And we're called to remember too as Christians. This is essential to our hope. To remember when God has impacted our lives. To when he's already seen us through. To when he's miraculously come in. And if we struggle to find those things in our own lives, we got the Bible that talks about it all the time. And then we got people around us who have testimonies of when God has intervened. When God has come in and helped we are called to remember what the Lord has done for us and remind of the ways he's acted in our lives. See, in the Old Testament, you will often we'll read some stories and where a miraculous thing happened with an encounter with the Lord. Uh, the, whoever is the main character in the story, they're going to build an altar of remembrance so that every time they go, this, this is when the Lord parted the Red Sea. We remember. So we have an altar here to remember. We're called to remember, to reflect on how God has changed our lives, how he's interceded for us. And like I said, these, this is one of my favorite psalms and one of my favorite topics. And so I'm, I, I try not to talk a lot about myself, but I'm doing a lot because this is really personal. So you're going to hear some stories from me today. And another one is I was in seminary and we had to do this really awesome project in one of my first classes I took there. And it was create a life map. Some people consider this a spiritual discipline. Um, I thought it was just a really cool exercise, and I encourage you to look those up and try it. And so I'll give you a little taste of what we did. We, we had to chart our life from beginning, from when we were born to you know, present on a little linear graph, and then we had to chart different aspects of our life. And we started out with just like big events, big events. It could be traumatic. It could be great. We chart those on. We put the date. And we kind of just chart them on our timeline. And then my professor wanted us to chart when God had radically shown up in our lives. When we've had a change of heart or where we learned something significant. Kind of these spiritual life markers. These roadmaps of how God's hand has been in our lives up to this point. And I was dumbfounded. I know my professor was really smart and so he had this all figured out. But I was dumbfounded about how the hard things in my life that God saw me through were times of refinement because right after those hard times, those times of chaos, those times where I thought there was no way out, that God used that to refine me and to shape me in the, the man I am today, to help me understand my relationship with him better. It was a great exercise to do, to see how the hand of God had been in my life, to remember what he had done. This instills hope in us when we see that God has been with us. He is with us. So let us not forget what the Lord has done for us. And it just doesn't stop there with us. It's also how we communicate our faith to others. 
We share the times when God has shown up. We share the times when we're struggling and how God is our peace. We share those times because that helps others have hope. When they see that we don't live in fear, but we trust in the Lord. The third thing is this. God is in control and sovereign over it all. It says in verse 10, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Not you, not me. (laughs) As one of my favorite pastors used to say all the time, he's like, you are God, and I am not. <laughs> and we used to recite that at one of the churches I was at. You are God, we are not. <laughs> to help us, just put us in that place of understanding um, the perspectives that we need to have. And that is, we are not God. We can't change some of the things that are around us. We can't control some of the chaos that's going around in our lives. It's easy to do. We try. When we are living in fear, it's real easy to try to circle the wagons, protect what is ours. In fact, sometimes it's even, you know, you know, recommended or even looked upon highly to do that, to live in fear, to gather what's ours, to not share, to look out only for you. That's living in fear. But that's not the life that Christ calls us to. Christ calls us to a place where we, we live with this trust, knowing that he is a God of provision, that he will be there for us, and that he calls us to care for those who are around us. We, we are an answer to the fear in this world by Christ living in us, to do his will and to love those who are around us who are in need, to care for those who are with us, that God's put in our sphere of influence, to take care of them. But it's hard to do when we feel like everything's crashing in around us. I know from a personal experience, the year Annika, I found out we were pregnant, (laughs) or Becca was pregnant, I was not. (laughs) But we were having a child. Um, That year was my last year in Michigan, and it was a crazy year. I was working two part-time jobs, going to seminary, and um, Becca was pretty much our, uh, our provider. She was working a full-time job. And so when we got the news, we were super excited, you know, but as a man, at least, I got super scared because I'm like, all of a sudden, wow, my wife who's been taking care of us while I'm going to grad school, getting my master's, all of a sudden she's going to be out of work. We're going to have a little daughter to take care of. And sometime, somehow I'm supposed to finish school, <laughs> keep working, and make up her income too. My personal world was falling apart. Everything that we had done was, I was just like, what's going to happen? I was struggling to trust in the Lord. Um, I was struggling to see how this was going to work out without us going bankrupt or something other big catastrophe in our lives. And I was brought to this song. I was brought to this specific verse. A friend of mine reminded me of it, and he said, Be still and know that I am God. Remember that. Even though you you can't see the way out right now, know that God is there. And when I heard that in the moment, I instantly just wanted to be like, hmm, whatever. (laughs) 
Because when you're in those tough times and somebody gives you sometimes a biblical truth that just seems so easy, and you're like, that's not practical enough for me right now. I, it's great that God is with me and, I, and that I'm supposed to be still know that I, he is God, but what am I supposed to do? <laughs> Where am I supposed to get the money for me and my family? How am I supposed to finish school? And if you know, I don't, if you don't know anything about me, I'm not a huge person. Like, education is not my forte. I remember going to college, and there was a time where we got to ask our youth ministry professors. I went to college for youth ministry, and one of my youth ministry professors was taking questions about what it would look like after we graduate. And I, my first question was, excuse me, Jenny, uh, do we have to get our master's if we want to continue to serve as a youth pastor? <laughs> that was like my first question because I was like, I'm done with school. I finished college. This is my last class. I'm going to go get a job. I don't want to go back to school. I didn't even think I was going to go to college. So then here I am going to grad school. I'm like, I'm trying to finish this. Am I going to finish? My world was falling apart. And I was reminded of this verse by a friend. And then later, I was listening to a song. Um, and this other verse came to mind that ties into what we're talking about today. Um, it's actually a couple chapters in the, verses, verse, um, in the book of Job. Job 38 through 40. Where if you, Job was a man, a righteous man after God's own heart and had everything taken away from him. His life was literally chaos. And I was drawn here by that song and by that friend. This section of scripture. And it was powerful for me because it helped me assume a posture that I think was good for my faith. And it was hard at the same time because I had to trust even though I didn't have a plan, even though I didn't know the way out, even though I had nothing that seemed practical to do besides get on my knees and pray. And this is where God, and I'm just going to read you a part of it because like I said, it goes on for two chapters. If you got some time this afternoon, read Job 38 through 40. Whew, you get put in your place. <laughs> says this, Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. He said, Who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you. And you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the found, earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched the measuring line across it? On what were its footings set, or, what, or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and the angels shouted for joy, who shut up the sea behind the doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness, when I fixed the limits for it and set the doors and bars in place, when I said, this is as far as you may come and no further, here is where your proud waves halt. And it goes on and on and on for two chapters of God talking about creating the earth. Putting Job in a place of going, okay, you're sovereign, you're God, you're in control, despite my questions, and I want, I, despite what I'm going through. And I, it's okay to question God, so I don't want you guys to miss, hear that and then miss that. It's okay to question God. We get that in the Psalms all the time. But sometimes, 
like this time when God was really direct with Job, he puts us in our place to remind us of his, his magnificence and his sovereignty and that he is in control. Because often as humans, I think that's how we try to exert ourselves in a, a way that is not healthy, is that we try to be God. And often that's based in fear. We don't see God moving. And in that circumstance, I could have been like, all right, time to get two more jobs and see what happens with my life and take control instead of trusting God. But I trusted the Lord and he saw us through. We had people come in um, for us, raise money for us. Like all these things happened that were totally out of my control, totally beyond my comprehension because God saw it and God had a plan. And we didn't walk out of that time unscathed, but God saw us through. And now I see, now I remember that, and that's a time in my life where I can say, see what the Lord has done? Because he is in control and he is sovereign. When God is in control and God is sovereign over it all, we have a place to trust. We have a place for hope. So when our world or our personal, when our world or our personal world is in chaos, we need to hold on to these things. We need to hold on and remember that the Lord Almighty is with us. Remember that the Lord, what the Lord has done, and remember that God is sovereign and in control of it all. This is how we move out of fear and into trust. So. I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what you're feeling. If your world's in chaos, maybe everything's hunky-dory. And that's great. I celebrate that with you. There's those, we all need those seasons in life too. And that's good. But maybe your world is in chaos. Maybe you're feeling the pressures of all the stuff that's happening in our nation right now. I want to just take this time to pray for you, no matter where you're at, and to pray for our nation and to pray for us as Christians, as the body of Christ, to be a light in this world, to not live in a place of fear, but live in a place of trust and life and light. You guys, join me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I pray for those who are listening this morning whose lives are in chaos, who feel like there's no way out. God, I pray that your, that your presence would be known to them so that they would know that you are with them, that you haven't left them and that you haven't forsaken them, and that you will see them through. And God, for us, just as the body of Christ, as things rage around us, God, I pray for our nation, I pray for our leaders, and I pray for those on all sides right now, that God, that, that you would, that they would come into faith in you, Lord, that they would learn not to live in fear, but to live in trust of you, and what a beautiful thing that is, Lord. God, help us as your body to live in that trust so that we can be light to the world. God, may we trust in your sovereignty. May we trust the things that you've done in our lives. May we trust that you are with us. And may that affect our lives so that we can be a light. God, heal our nation. Heal our land. Heal our souls. Be with us as you've promised. We thank you and praise you all that you do. May we bring you the honor and glory with our lives. I ask this in Jesus' name.